Hello and welcome back to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason and with me, he asked for a 13, but they drew a 31. It is Kit Lushev. Saw the offspring in December. Yes. Hello, mate. Hello. How are we? I'm good. Keeping warm. It's very fucking hot here, isn't it? The humidity levels are incredibly high. Yeah. Let's, the, grass, uh, the grass needs to be mowed. The yes. aircon needs to be on. The beers need to be cracked. And the footy yeah. needs to be on. Yeah. I mean, the footy is on. So let's uh, let's launch into a mini episode and kick back in front of the AC. Punch through it. I yeah. love that idea. Uh, what do we got this episode? Um, we've got some special jerseys publicly released and a potential cross pollination on the horizon at Cronulla. If you would like to keep up with the visual references in today's show, you can by visiting our Instagram page at Field of Design Podcast and look for the episode. Are we up to 47? Episode 47 highlights reel. You can also find all our source articles and reference links via our episode 47 page at thefieldofdesign.com and get in touch with us through our Instagram or email at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Kit. Hey, what's happening? Emma can't help but feel last week's intro was better. That shit was fire for shizzle my nizzle. <laughs> Everyone's a critic around here. Episode 47. Uh, Episode 47. Which, what do I think of with the number 47? I believe the Redcliffe Dolphins were established in 1947. So there, there you, you go. go. Yep. And maybe, oof, it's manly as well. No. Delete that if it's wrong. But yeah, around about there. It's up to you, Craig. You better do it, mate. Uh, Kit. Yes. The bars are back. They are. PortAdelaideFC.com. Au. Port Adelaide President David Kosh today announced that the club would wear its iconic black and white prism bar Guernsey in the round three showdown against Adelaide Crows on Saturday 1st of April. Kosh also said they would continue having talks with Collingwood Football Club with a view of wearing the Guernsey in every home game showdown moving forward. And uh, just coincidentally at the same time encouraging members to head to the MCG for their round two match against Collingwood. And Eddie's not happy, as to be expected. Shock horror? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I think um, I think there's more of a, a, a pro than a con. I mean, Port Adelaide get to wear their preferred Guernsey. Eddie Maguire's cranky. It's a win-win. Everyone wins. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, with all the back and forth, it's probably one of the most infamous kits in australia i'm not sure how much that has um, flown through with the, the nrl supporters how much they know about it but uh maybe we should dig deeper into the port adelaide power prison bar guernsey saga because um i mean it's been spoken about to death but just keeps on giving doesn't it i would like to do a deep dive episode on the prison bars i'd really like to um actually get in you know do some proper journalistic research into it and put a, a nice little presentation episode together similar to what we did with the aflx last season um us to go along with the gold coast suns one when you know in a, in a parallel universe when the the uh effort is higher and the time is lower but anyway it's right. a great idea yep uh cross 
pollination. So this is uh, via the smh.com.au. The Cronulla Sharks have joined forces with NPL New South Wales outfit Sutherland Sharks to lodge an expression of interest for Football Australia's mooted second tier, which is set to launch in March 2024 and could one day facilitate promotion and relegation within the A-League. So it's not the first time that this has uh, happened, particularly in the A-League as well. I think there was a few years ago, uh, it might have been Collingwood expressed interest in having a football team and uh, were very quickly turned down at the time. But uh, not unusual now with uh, Super Netball hosting a few um, or housing a few teams from other codes that we might actually start to see this more. Um, Brisbane Raw charity jersey. So by the time this episode gets released, this would have already happened, but Brisbane Raw will turn purple this March in support of Epilepsy Queensland and the International Epilepsy Awareness Day with the Brisbane Raw players wearing a purple kit in their match against Western United at KO Stadium on Saturday, 18th of March. It's a relationship that started in 2020. Brisbane Raw formed a partnership with EQ via Club Foundation member and EQ CEO Chris Doherty to support the Make March Purple campaign. Each year since Brisbane Raw has supported EQ through various activities. Uh, I think you had a bit of a go <laughs> in, the, in the private chat about another team wearing purple. It just looks like a Perth Glory kit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. It's funny, we were talking about... Uh, about purple kits today, actually, at work. Um, I think it started off, we were, uh, you know, hypothetically speaking about what it'd be like to have Fremantle Dockers as a dynasty club and how it sounded good, like eventually when they win a premiership, it'll go gangbusters and this and that. And <clears throat> then someone brought up the fact that they're purple and how difficult that'd be to deal with. And uh, I think I said, you know, if you're going to go purple, you probably just need to go and sign every purple club so you have... <laughs> um, you got the Glory, Frio Dockers, Storm, um, Sydney Kings. You just go and order all your fabric bulk, make them all have the same purple, and there and you go. That's all the purple clubs and no others. The Firebirds. No, stay away from them, mate. <laughs> yeah, too funny. Yeah, it is a. Um, it's it's not the easiest colour going around. I mean things. Things are getting a little bit easier to source some of those uh, fabrics in those colours, but um, yeah, when you compare it to the likes of your your navies and your blacks, obviously it's maroons. Even um, purple's certainly not up there. You know, um, in probably one of the most embarrassing things that I could admit to surrounding what we do. Do you know I thought that maroon was a shade of purple until really, really recently. Yeah, well, I think there's a comment in that uh, a little bit later. Are you foreshadowing something there? Um, there is a question our, there, but in yeah, our call I, out. yeah. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a funny. Deep, you it's a deep red, right? Someone at work called it a navy red. Can you make it a navy <laughs> red? I was like, like, you mean maroon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what can I say about that? There's a fair bit, actually. I know uh, when the Firebirds went through their evolution um, to one of the various new competitions, I think the ANZ Championships in, oh, geez, was it 2007 or eight? Um, they did a massive rebrand and went away from black with, you know, standard flame, you know, yellow and red flame uniform to um, going a 
a maroon for Queensland um, and that slowly evolved into a purple. But I believe um, the, the colour that they intended to have all those years ago was actually a mistake. So they stuck with that more maroon tinted purple um, at the time for about a good five or six years before they slowly transitioned to a more purple purple. Mm-hmm. So supposed to have maroon. The maroon was a bit off. It was a bit more on the purple plum side um, and then an evolution over a couple of years to being purple and now they just they own that purple. Um, but, I mean, you could argue that with, I think, yellows and limes, you know, you hear some people say they're thinking like, you know, neon yellow is neon green, neon lime. Um, I mean, hell, even our branding colours, I've I've had someone call that teal when it's in my view it's definitely not teal it's definitely more of a green as well um but i yeah i've never heard a a navy what'd you say a navy red before navy red yep i mean (laughs) speaking of maroons and purples launching into our next topic yes broncos launch new city jersey brisbane broncos have proudly revealed a new iconic city jersey in another milestone moment of the club's heart of brisbane campaign Broncos launched new uh, Broncos launch blah 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 blah, taking inspiration from the state capital's stunning sunsets. The jersey features a roadmap of iconic Brisbane landmarks, including the Story Bridge, the Brisbane River, the city skyline, and the under construction Queens Wharf building. Wow! Uh, surprise, surprise! The Broncos will debut this kit against the Dolphins. Um, <clears throat> now you've really so got to get into the the release of this. Um, this is just a massive fuck you, the Dolphins, for putting up your banners in our city. In the CBD of Brisbane, there's Dolphins banners, and we don't fucking like it, so we're going to launch this jersey um, as a fuck you. I love it. Now, you're Brisbane b- born and bred, right? I am. So I have to tell you something, and I'm not sure if you, you know this. Nobody outside of Brisbane knows what the fuck the Story Bridge is, right? I think you all think it's a lot more prestigious and important and monumental. No one knows what it is. There's one bridge in Australia, and it's the Harbour Bridge, you know, maybe the Westgate Bridge in Melbourne. No one knows the Story Bridge. It's not iconic. Look, if people know me, they know that I speak pretty straight. Like, uh, I'm not a bullshit talker. I 100% agree with you. 100%. The only reason that we promote it is it is because it is a it's an iconic to us it's it's a silhouette that can be used and recognized to those local but outside of brisbane no one gives a shit and inside brisbane there's nothing else that we can refer to we can't use the ferris wheel because you know there's ferris wheels in multiple cities and states around the world we have nothing that is iconic in brisbane you can head up north and, you know, head up the, the river. The river's about it, right? Yeah, but so many other cities have rivers too. Yeah, but I don't know. I think the brown snake is probably, is probably it in terms of Brisbane. I mean, you head down the, the, the Gold Coast and there's iconic parts down there. Um, there's nothing pleasant that you can do with the shape of the river on a jersey. I mean, I've attempted it. Well, the Broncos it have done it. Times. Yeah, haven't they? They've used it a bit. Did I say pleasant? Yeah. I mean, digging into the jersey, I think it was leaked a couple of months ago. It um, was. 
someone um, picked up on it either through the back end of, of the website or that it was posted on, on the website before it should have? I think it's cool. I'm all for it. Um, it's very petty the way they've done it against the Dolphins. Um, but, but I love that. It's going to build the rivalry. Um, and I am going to make a prediction that they will double up and wear this in Magic Round 2. There you go. Take it to the bank. Maybe there's another Queensland club who's going to do something funky for Magic Round. Who knows? Who knows? No one on this panel. No one. Um, yeah, it's, look, yeah. I, like, fuck me. Um, th- this just, where is the patriotism prior to the Dolphins being here? Like, this is what really shits me with, you know, marketing departments and stuff like that. Like, how long have the Bronx been around for? Since 88, right? So, what, that they've, they're passing 35 years now? Um, yeah, that, I mean, they haven't had to. That's the... That's a reality. But so so what? Like, mate, they've the, always been is, the biggest club. They've done yes. They have done city jerseys before. This this is screaming first child syndrome. That's been its only child for the first eight years of its life, um, and then all of a sudden, baby baby brother comes along, and oldest child wants all the attention. Like, be bringing this stuff in in your 35 year history don't like for me that as you said this is petty in my perspective my opinion um and probably in poor taste to do it against the dolphins like i poor think taste. mate this yeah. is what sport is a rivalry the dolphins would be you don't think the dolphins are loving this who yeah who loses out what's the downside of it i just think that the broncos you know they could have done this any time, and why are they just? I'm that angry. I'm knocking my water bottle over. Um, why? I don't know. I just don't understand why now. Like I, I see through it. I don't. It to me. I think, I think you're thinking yeah. too deep in it. Probably. I think we just got to appreciate it for what it is. It's a funky new jersey, bringing in new colours. Um, and this is what sport is, right? Rivalry. We love this shit. This is why. You know, massive UFC fights where they're at each other sell the best. Mm. Maybe you know, I just don't let, buy it. Let's compare it, right? And and I, this is something I find weird that Queenslanders do. When has there ever been any spite or rivalry or tension between the Broncos and the Titans? No, oh, not the Broncos it's, and the Titans. No. Why? Why May, not? Maybe maybe why like not? year year. You know, maybe year three of the Titans. What was that? Uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, between that ten and twelve period, I think there were a couple of decent, you know, matches in there. But that's more just a that's that's a commentary on the success of the Titans. That's not a commentary on the rivalry. Like the Titans, the have Broncos never... have never been threatened by them. It's an hour down the road. Road, like yeah, it's a weird thing with you Queenslanders. Is that um, you know, so many of you guys, your your second or third favorite clubs are Queensland clubs. You know, which is strange. Like, I grew up in Perth, and I fucking hate the Dockers. Like, I hate them. Like, I, like, you know, potentially make decisions on people I want in my life, depending on if they're Dockers supporters. Yeah. There's none, it seems to be none of that in, you know, there's some some great, and I know it comes down to origin, and, you know, respecting JT, even though he's a cowboy and stuff like that, but... um. Fucking get some like let's fire up this hatred. Let's let's you know put fuel on the flames and see these clubs fucking hate each other. Yeah, I mean you, I you see know what you're you know saying. Wayne Bennett. You know Wayne Bennett's. You know, 
You know what he's probably saying behind closed doors? So I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, good. I don't buy it myself, but, you know, that's just me, I guess. I don't like the jersey either for the for the record. Why? What, what don't you like about it? I don't know. I, I, um, I, you know, the, the marketing spin on it, I don't really believe it. Um, putting aside, you know, the, the rivalry that, you know, the, I don't like the colours. I, I don't think that the, the pink goes well. Is it supposed to be maroon on top or is it supposed to be like a dark shade of purple? I can't quite tell. Too many filters on all of the images. Uh, the toilet seat neckline looks better when it's not white too, yeah. I must admit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on, hey? Yeah. Agree to disagree. Parramatta Eels have launched a Pacifica training shirt to celebrate this week's multicultural round designed by Samoan artist Tavita, is it Mose? 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 Uh, with input from the Eels Pacifica NRL and NRLW players, this shirt is on sale now. Um, I really like this. Cool enough design. I wouldn't say I love it, but yeah, it's... It's okay. Prefer the Titans one that was done for us, but this is cool enough. Yeah, I think it's um, you know, there's a level. Obviously, there's the symmetry there, uh, but also the the balance of uh, not negative space, but empty space, and then the detailing in there. Um, you know, incorporating the chevron and the the neckline and stuff like that. Yeah, I like it. I think it's good. Pardon me. I think it's good. Yeah. The frustration with the NRL's multicultural round is that it's always so early in the season, so it, it's a lot harder to plan for something special like this. Otherwise, I think you'd probably find more clubs would have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, that's all had for news, unless you had any late mail, mate. Nothing else there? No, that's it. All right. That's it. So you, no. you put... You go. Yeah, go. I was just going to say no, no episode topic today, but what we will be doing is replying to a few questions that we've had. Uh, there is quite a few, some in relation to the last week's sausage episode and um, some completely independent. Uh, what was what were you going to say, sorry? No, that's exactly what I was going to say. You put the call out on the socials this week to um, get people to share their questions with us, yep. and this is where we're at. Well, mate, wanna... why don't I run through them and I'll throw to you where appropriate. Sure. Uh, so we've got a couple to start with which I loved and I promised them that I'd answer on the potty and this is in relation to what we spoke about last week and um, both of them are of a sim- similar nature. So we got one from our mate, The Concept Lab. On the pod, you mentioned the importance of a knowledge of garments more roundly as in materials slash seams and whatnot. Do you think a degree in fashion design or something similar is important? Uh, and then our friend foe, Jersey Tragic, said, how do you go about learning the technical stuff re- regarding seams and cut? Anyone I've worked with um, has been happy to just to get a flat mock-up, essentially. So some similar questions there, um, some good questions. I'll put a, put a bit of thought into it because um, it is a tricky one, right? And uh, just flat out, I th- the way I'd explain it, right, is there, there's a spectrum. There's a spectrum of what it takes to do the stuff that we do. And on one side of the spectrum, you've got the best graphic designer in the world, someone who's a fucking whiz at 
Photoshop and Illustrator and can do the most incredible graphics and the color, you know, pretty pictures and, and it's just incredible, right? And, for, mm. you know, highly technical from that point of view. And then I think on the other side of the spectrum, you've got what we'd call a, yeah, probably a garment technician. Yep, garment tech product designer. Yeah, yep. well, I disagree there. I'd say a product designer probably sits somewhere in the middle leaning towards the garment tech. Sure. Because I think a product designer needs to have a knowledge of the, you know, the graphics and the, 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 the creativity and the actual design. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's, it's quite common to get, you know, a pure graphic designer in who's obviously awesome and is probably what we see on the Instagram pages a lot that hasn't got any of that garment tech knowledge. But then equally, I've seen a lot of people who are garment technicians but haven't got a clue about, you know, the create you know, creative designs and colours and graphics and that sort of stuff. So um, to me, you've got to have both to be a good product designer. Um, and it's hard. Like, I, I certainly haven't got a degree in fashion design. Um, you know, I've wanted to hire people with that before. I have hired people with that before. I studied graphic design and then, you know, I was like fortunate enough to work under people who taught me a lot of this other stuff. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, my perspective is I don't think you need to go and do any sort of formal fashion tertiary education uh, just on a, a top level. I, I think you'd find you'd, there'd probably be two or three, what do they call it, modules that would be relevant to what, you know, we would be after. And then a lot of the other stuff would be, you know, the real snooty stuff. Um, you know, the more, the more high end and, uh, look, honestly, I I think it's, you just, you do your, do the research online, do the Googling, you know, learn, get on YouTube. Um, there's plenty of decent channels out there that, you know, talk about grading patterns, building patterns, um, get, get in touch with, um, factories and you know sub sublimation factories offshore whoever and you know sometimes they're they're more than happy to actually send you the the blank files the factory files you know the pattern files and just learn about you know asking questions people like us as far as you know if you cut the seams here cut the seams there for me i had no real idea about the pattern side until i started working in the industry and i think you know as we've talked about it a few times talking as we've spoken about a few times it's it's getting a job in the industry is is a random luck of chance effort and skill um and so but did you study graphic design i studied graphic design absolutely yes and i had some um experience in garment design before i got the role but that was only just because i was interested in designing the uniforms for the teams that I was playing in. So, you know, I had an interest in it and I had some experience in getting that stuff done. And, you know, I was more than happy to cut up my jerseys when I was finished with them and, you know, learn, you know, all about that stuff. So it's all about finding the information. I don't think you need to pay for it. Otherwise, Mm. that's just a bit of a waste of time and leading you down a path. Unless that is something yeah. that you're really interested in, or you disagree, be, it wouldn't be that strong that it's a, a waste. I think that, um, you know, yeah, fair, fair enough. I think R- there's a of- couple of variables. I think it's 
because you're never going to be doing this stuff by yourself, right? It's always going to be somewhat of a team. And I think it's, and we've done a lot of work on this recently. I think it's how that team is made up. Um, you know, we've got someone in our team who, well, Nick is, you know, he's heavy on the graphic design, picked up a lot and he's picking up a lot of, about the other stuff, but that's his specialty. So he's towards one side of the spectrum. Then you might have someone else who's, you know, a garment tech who, you know, has picked up a little bit of, of the design along the way. So I think that's a variable in how the team looks, who you're yeah. able to learn the information off. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what it comes down to, to be honest, is probably who you work for as well. Because if you're working for classic sports, um, I mean, let's be honest, seeing how much their blocks and, and styles don't change from year to year, how much garment technology you know, garment technology are you going to be needing? Yeah, it looks like they might do a new jersey every four years or something like that, five years, I don't know. Yeah. Whereas at a, at a Nike or an Addy, I'm sure you, you know, you're going to need to be heavy on that. So, Well, um, and like you said, like we, we spoke about it maybe two weeks ago is you go and work for one of these big name companies, you could get segregated into one specific department, um, you know, uh, I used to work at, you know, game clothing years ago. And for me, that was a great stomping ground for learning the base levels of so many different things, you know, the sublimation side, um, the pattern side, the pattern making side, the fabric side, like, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and yeah, for me, there's nothing better than just being in the industry. And if you need to donate some of your time to learn that stuff, then do that. If that means donating your time to go and work you know, work experience in a company for two weeks, do that. Or if it means spending time on YouTube for, you know, every, every, I don't know, like we put, we put a fair bit of time into this and we're not getting paid for this, but you know, you put in your, your Thursday nights or whatever, three hours just on YouTube, not, not YouTube in corridor crew or whoever else, but actually, you know, apparel building and, and construction and stuff like that. I, I had, I, I had to start my own business, which um, I was, in so far of my head and had to learn along the way and then even then when i landed at classic if it wasn't for the um the people i had above me mentoring me teaching me i wouldn't know you know like 90 percent of what i do know uh, Absolutely. and there's a shitload more than I, I i still need to learn as well um like i remember going on a work trip with our head of design uh, and she's a bit of a mentor to me and we we're sitting on the plane and she goes um she goes, what you've got to realise is that it's just it's not enough to just be a graphic designer in this day and age. And I've said it before, like with the way that offshore design teams are being utilised, you've got to add more strings to your bow. You've got to learn that technical stuff. You've got to, you know, really wrap your head around that. Otherwise, you know, there's probably not a, a, a concrete role for you. So, um, yeah, yeah, I certainly agree with what you're saying about, you know, maybe ask to do some... Yeah. some unpaid work or, or this and that. And I mean, uh, we've joked about it off air a couple of times. Like I'm, you're obviously keen to be a knowledge base. I'm more than keen to be a knowledge base, use this platform. Um, obviously we don't get paid for this, this type of stuff. We don't do any advertising or whatever, but you know, if there's a massive call out of interest for, for people to learn more, you know, we're open to, <laughs> to something, um, you know, a Patreon level or something like that to put up some tutorials or stuff. It's just, it's got to cover our time. Well, you've heard about my academy, right? Oh, 
no. <laughs> this is news to me. Clad. Is that fake? <laughs> Clad. Kit Loose of Academy of Design. We've got an honour board. Uh, oh, and we've shit. got seven graduates dating back to 2018. Um, and I'm Pax isn't on this academy, is he? Mate, I'll, I don't want to hear that name again, personally. <laughs> and I might even add Nick to this honour board, actually. I thought he was. Much, with how much knowledge I've bestowed on him, but maybe I'll add that in the highlights. Kit Loose of Academy Design oh, on a board. Moving Pink on because it's we're half an hour in and we've got through two questions. Um, peacocking, peacocking. All right, what else you got? Are the NRL jerseys, are the NRL retro jerseys intentionally made with inaccuracies to prevent people flogging them as originals or is no, it just I... manufacturer oversight? Um, no, none can, of those. Absolutely. I can speak to this. So um, I admit there is complexities because when I was at Classic doing this stuff, you'll have clubs wanting to do these retro jerseys who couldn't even get, get their hands on one for you to emulate. So they'll oh, just you know, base the logos off what you see on, on these images or this and that. Um, occasionally you've got the, the actual jerseys sent through. There were times I had to source my own. What we found is that back then there was also discrepancies between the logo sizes, between the jerseys. <laughs> there was, you know, retail ones which were completely different, made by different suppliers. Sometimes, sometimes there was a, a third one which I had no idea how that fit into it all. Um, I'm Sometimes assuming there was initials on one that were for <laughs> a video game. <laughs> I assume that this is in relation to the Western Reds jersey that was recently released. Okay. And all I'll say about that is that I f- think it's probably just people who aren't passionate enough, don't care about it. They're obviously not reading the forums because, you know, if they w- were and they saw the passion that was involved, they, they'd be shit scared to just fudge it. And to just go, fuck it, let's make it 30 centimetres wide rather than actually getting it right. So I just don't think it's, I, I, I don't think it's people like us. I don't think they care enough. And that, not that love. is just what a silent jab sounds like. It's the truth. It's the truth. I did up the original CAD and I got a fucking Western Reds jersey and measured it. Measured it precisely. And I've still got the artwork here. It's it's obvious it it's a different realm. Could you imagine trying to explain this to, to your missus or something who couldn't give a shit what you do? Oh, we need it to be centimeter perfect. I know it has to be that way. I don't want to buy something that isn't. But for some people, it's just so far outside the realm. You know, yeah. it's just it's just another job on their job list. It's multi-leveled, just... right? Like, yes, a hundred percent. What you're saying there, you know, you're going to get some places that are some places or some employees that will stay up all night to make sure that it is correctly, even though it's, you know, due at two o'clock the next day or whatever it is, there's those levels. But then there is also the red, the red tape that's involved, right? Like you spoke about the, the cash converters, uh, cash converters on the Western reds on the front. Like, you know, listen back to that story last week or the week before, um, you know, it's, it's the sponsors not approving using these logos. You know, we looked at it with the Sharks and the Pepsi Max um, towards the end of last season. Or it, it might be, hell, I've even dealt with um, clubs before that, you know, want a heritage jersey, but they don't want to use the heritage, their heritage logo on it. They want to use their modern logo. So it's, it's just multifaceted, you know, it's multi-leveled, multi-layered, uh, um, and it's not one answer. Yep. There'll be a range of things. Uh, <clears throat> next question. Mm. 
Next question. Did I say who that was from? That was from Mac Dowling, by the way. So next question is from Rick FSC. Tie-dye fads are starting to creep into shirt culture with Virginia Dream FC. Is this a design style we really want in sporting apparel and match kits or more seen as more fashion than function for hipsters and collabs? Virginia um, FC. Virginia Dream FC. So I'm happy to throw this to you. What I will say is that I'm all for seeing new things. I know there's things that, that are sacred like home jerseys and, and you know, there's time, time to pay tradition. But I love seeing some weird and quirky stuff out there as well, as long as it's not too tacky or cringy like some of those cartoon soccer jerseys are. Um, in terms of tie-dye, so a funny story is that, you know, we, I got Nick to do a brief when we hired him and one of the one of the concepts he knocked up was a Gold Coast Titans nine jerseys of tie-dye. And all I could think of was who the fuck would think to do this? Um, that's That's so crazy that it's... It's almost fucking awesome. So uh, I don't know what you think about it. Yeah, I am not as much as a traditionalist as a lot of other people. I am all for big swings as long as you're prepared to uh, take the misses as well as you t take the misses, take, uh, as well as taking the hits. So, um, you know, it becoming more standard, probably not, but, you know, have a go, see what happens. A uh, couple of shorter questions now. Neith, God, there's the lisp. Niche Q, have the Bronx jersey colours of recent become more purple than maroon? Um, I think they probably have. I've got an old Broncos jersey here and it's it's a more harsher maroon, isn't it? Like, And I think that's, it's not just the Broncos maroon. You can talk to, you know, to that about like, a lot of clubs had bright blues, which are now being turned into sort of deep royals bordering on navies. Like you look at look at Fremantle Dockers in the 90s and how bright their purple was and now compare it to basically being a shade away from navy. Like it is the safer route, probably pushed by marketing departments to just darken up everything because it's less garish on the eyes. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the same could be said about the Brisbane Roar if I'm, or I'm happy to be standard corrected but i feel like the brisbane raws orange has become a little bit more of a uh a, a yellow yellow orange than what they were more of a neon orange earlier in their existence as well uh so that was yeah just one of those like evolutions that was zach george so uh one from alistair sean thoughts on st kilda's 150th logo and kit uh we did touch up about that didn't we um i feel like it's underdone i think there was a few issues with the the strokes that just weren't quite sitting right um around the shield if i recall correctly the shield wasn't maybe sharp enough as well um yeah it felt a bit underdone for me you're probably right it uh i mean it's better than being something completely over the top but it's probably not quite there uh in term terms of the jerseys i love the the hot cross bun or the crusader whatever they bloody call it the the clash one with the red shorts cool. the red shorts are just fantastic and yep, i don't think that works you. very often thank you um i don't think that the cuffs and collars with the black stripe have aged too well mm -hmm. and i also think that the new balance kit looks shit out it's like they're really rigid and they stick out and they don't conform to the body well so uh, i'm not a fan in that regard but Hey, 
Yeah, I think Nick was the same. I think in the one of the early episodes this season, we did touch on it and we we're all in agreement there. Oh, that, that was Nick's opinion too? It was, yeah. Oh, I'll change mine. Then I can't be thinking the same as that fucking guy. That's fair enough. Who didn't, that. who didn't listen to last week's episode, like I said, and you debated. Was I 100% confident that he would? I think I was actually. I think he yeah. would have. I, I imagined he would have been chomping at the bits, considering it was a topic that he probably would have liked to have been involved in. But yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the jersey draw. What trends, good and bad, are we expecting to see in the NRL in the near future? Thoughts. Uh, every every team will lose their city, and they'll just be thes. Don't that's fucking a, that's say a trend. That. That that's what I, they didn't. That's what the Super Rugby teams in New Zealand did. Oh, they've dropped their. Well, it's been like that for years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the like Blues. The, the Blues. The yeah. Crusaders. Oh, yeah. the realization. What's that meme? Yeah, I didn't know either. And <laughs> embarrassingly, until Nick told me. But yeah. Um. Yeah, I've got one. I, I, well, I stand. I stand right now. I believe the NRL are pushing for more dominant away white-based jerseys. I know I've asked you a couple of times and you haven't formally said that that's the case, but I think that's the case. The NRL are pushing for more white-based away. Okay. I'll tell you what the NRL are pushing for, and I don't know if this has been announced yet, but they're pushing for less jerseys. That's probably to do with the fallout of the pride jersey round, but I think as of next year, you're probably going to get a home jersey. You're going to get an away jersey. You're going to get an indigenous because they're the mandatory ones. The NRL might say you need another one for clash purposes. A lot of clubs do an Anzac and you're going to be left with one special jersey, which a lot of boomers and traditionalists will be happy with, but there will be five jerseys going forward and that's all. Okay. So we might turn into the AFL where there's, you know, we love this stuff, right? Like like, they release a cringe jersey and it's still fun. Like this is what I've always loved, like seeing this stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's going to become less frequent, unfortunately. So do you think the opportunity then would be taken to see more things like in the EPL where your your third is going to be completely different colours, you know, bright, odd, completely out there? Or do you think it's going to be your Indigenous jersey and maybe a heritage? Yeah, I think it's just going to be boring as all shit. Mm. And And you see all the comments online, right? They're obviously influenced by that. Why do the Warriors have so many jerseys? Why did Manly have so many jerseys? Blah, blah, blah. Like, there's some merit in that. Um, but, yeah, five jerseys going forward. It's just a knee-jerk reaction. Like, exactly what I was just talking about before with the Bronx, and I won't go back into that conversation, but it's just like Manly decide to actually cap their jerseys at the capacity that they're allowed to, and then all of a sudden there's a conversation around how many jerseys does a team really need, and, you know, we, we scale back. We, yeah. That cap was there for a reason. <laughs> Let's utilize it. Why go back now? Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another one, which is a good question, FB Designs, and this sounds like something you could answer well. If I'm sending out a portfolio, how big and diverse should it be or should I specialize on one thing? Cool. That is a great question. Um, I think your interview is probably where you bring out your more diverse um you probably want to have a a good baseline of some of the key items that you can show so obviously your graphic skills if you have a little bit of knowledge in this 
try and put a few things together that are, that are multi-layered so that you are showcasing. You don't need to go um, into all of the details, but then it's your interview where it's really time to shine if you're able to get to that point. Um, you, you hear some artists say, you know, don't put everything online or don't put everything out there because, um, well, for a multitude of reasons. And then you have, you know, people who say, yes, get everything out there. For me, uh, as I said before, uh, I swing, I always swing. And if I miss, I'm not ashamed in missing. So, you know, even this podcast, for example, it's, it's not perfect, but we still run with it. Um, so I say, get your stuff out there. Um, have your have your online portfolio as much as possible. Summarize things in a, um, you know, when you're submitting your resume and a, you know, a one pager or a couple of pages as to what you're, uh, want to submit and then um, if you get to that interview stage that's where you can really break out a little bit more and don't forget you're actually interviewing the companies too so it might seem like your dream job but you know make sure you're asking questions I've always found my best interviews that I've come away from is where I'm actually interested in the company um, and showing interest in what they do so ask questions about them too um yeah, I speaking of interviews, like I don't think there's many things which I'm really great at in life. Like I think I'm fairly competent in a lot of things, but not like I struggle to get to a certain level. Job interviews is my fucking niche in life. Like it's wrapping them around my finger. Job <laughs> interviews and first dates. Oh, um, first dates. Yeah, maybe it speaks to like a manipulative, narcissistic <laughs> part of me, but. Um, yeah, I feel like I can can perform pretty well in those. So, uh, yeah, in terms of this question, I don't disagree with much of what you said. All, all I will say to people is that if you think that you can just have one resume for all the jobs you're going to apply for, then you're mm. probably doing yourself a disservice. That's a good like, point. I think that um, there should be a degree, and don't reinvent it, but there should be a degree of tailoring a, a, a resume for the job you're after. Um, and in terms of should it be diverse, should it not, depends on the role. Do you want to seem like an absolute fucking master in one particular thing because you think that'll help you get this job, or do you want to show you're a jack of all trades because you think that's that's what they're going to want to see? Um, that's a great I, point. Yeah, I, I and one thing that I have said to someone that we recently hired is um, I want to see your talent, your skills, your expertise, um, and this is specific to what we do, I don't want you to just show me a design that you did for the Gold Coast Titans because they're the Gold Coast Titans and it's not your best work. If you've nailed a fucking design for, you know, Jim Boomba down the road and it's technically unbelievable and you've hit it out the park and you've thought outside the box, if it was, a, a you know, if it was had to choose between one of those, I want to see you at your best. Don't mm. be fucking blinded by trying to show me Victorian softball or fucking this and that. Um, put your best foot forward. Yeah. I know some of, some of my best work has been a lot of those grassroots, you know, teams or even one-off social teams, you know. It's a bit of a, you know, you come across a, a, a job that comes through and it's a decent you know, fun little design and, you know, you're happy to spend a few hours after hours working on it because it's, you know, it's yeah. something fun to work with. So why, why wouldn't you be putting that in your resume? 
You know, if you want to, if you, if in the interview you want to mention that you've done some stuff for fucking Victorian water polo or this and that, all be it. But yeah, don't be blinded too much by who rather than what you can do. That's all I'll say. Uh, Another good question from the Messenger RL. Any Australian professional teams needing a logo redesign or rebranding? I think we've spoken about that a little while ago. Yeah, we did Uh, an app on it. Yeah, I think we did. I would like to nominate one from left to field, the Dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) Have you you watched the the Stan documentary? You're not? I, I just hate them too much. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not sure about a full rebrand. There's a few clubs I'd like to see get new logos and uh, Sydney Roosters probably. I know that we've disagreed about that. No, you know what? I've uh, You came around, but we did disagree. I've come around. Yeah, we disagree at the time. Like you said, you're a great way of uh, wrapping people around your your fingers. I'm a piece of shit, aren't I? I'm a (laughs) fucking piece of shit. You know what? Um, I might have been caught off guard on that episode too, trying to frantically find some logos at the last minute. Um, but I, I do think that there's some iconic elements to that Sydney Roosters logo, but I reckon you're right. No, it is very busy. Mate, and uh, the, the chook head, the chook head, you, no. you, can't, you can't deny it. None of it. I'd scrap it all. There's nothing I like there. The text to me is the fucking worst part about it. Um, mm. Cronulla Sharks, I don't dig their logo, and I know that they have had discussions and had COVID not come, we might have already seen a new logo from them, so maybe it's not far away. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the AFL, and I'm hogging all the good ones here, but like I've been known to do because I'm a fucking piece of shit, but Adelaide Crows logo sucks. Essendon's logo looks like it comes came from the yeah. 90s like it has. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and- Essendon, take note of Ipswich. Ipswich did a rebrand of their Jets logo at the end of last year, and that was a cracker. It was good, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah, you're um, right. On the, on the netball bandwagon for a minute there, this, I think the Swifts is way too simple. They could probably do something a little bit more creative in theirs. And uh, Adelaide Thunderbirds as well, which I know you love. You said that you loved it. Just um, on, like the, it, on the Swifts? Like, yeah, mate. Now that there's multiple New South Wales teams again, should they go back to being the Sydney Swifts? Oh, it's the same argument you talk about with the Firebirds as well. As well. You know, Firebirds are Queensland. Firebirds are not southeast Queensland or, or Brisbane. Um, I mean, who who, do, who did it? The the Raw did it, right? They used to be Queensland Raw, and now they're Brisbane Raw. Um, yeah. Why why weren't the Dolphins Queensland Dolphins? We should actually talk about that sometime. I don't know if we've touched on uh, the Dolphins situation. The Dolphins. Yeah, we should. Uh, what was the question again? Logos. Um, uh, it's just yeah, uh, redesign or rebranding. You, yeah. I think you think the Suns need a rebranding, right? Or not? Am I wrong? <laughs> uh, I think they need a touch up. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon soon. I reckon if you look at the trend of new teams and when they kind of go through their first evolution, uh, I reckon the, the between the ten and fifteen year mark is when there's a bit of a variation. So. Where are we up? But uh, 2011 or 2010 was their first year. So I reckon give it another four years and there might be something on the cards. And typically if there hasn't been a great deal of success, that only, um, you know, brings that forward, doesn't it? There's yeah, nothing to that, hang on to. So That's another one on the episode topic list to touch on at some point is new new teams and their, um, their trends of, 
of their branding. Yeah, mate. Just um, find the time. Yeah, speaking of time, we thought this would be a 20, 30 minute and we're, we're at 50 minutes. So, yeah, let, got any more? Or let's wrap it up, eh? We've, I've got no more except just to say, Liam Pack, please stop contacting us. Please, I'm begging you. And if anyone knows anything about AVOs or VROs and whatnot, because this guy's a serial pest. So, uh, that's all from me. Cheers, Pax. Uh, okay. What are your thoughts, guys? Hopefully, we answered all of the. The questions that you popped in, if we missed them, we apologize. Let us know if we've missed them and we'll make sure to cover them in the mailbag in the next few uh, weeks. Um, if you agree or disagree with any of our comments, by all means, let us know too. Um, and you can also get in touch with us and just say good day. We do like to hear from our listeners. So thanks. Reach out to us at our email, fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com or message, comment, tag at fieldofdesignpodcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Let your friends and family know, your enemies know. Um, and please leave us a review and some stars on your app of choice. How many stars, Kitless? Uh, two stars because that's how many points Richmond's beaten Carlton by in the third quarter. And also how many points Parramatta's beating Manly. So there you go. Excellent. Not, not good for our rating, but... Uh... <laughs> to tie things together. Yeah, maybe maybe go up a little bit more than that. Hey, um, I know I know we wanted to keep this short. Any thoughts on top eight for league or AFL? You want to go to that now, or maybe next? Ep- uh, we'll speak about that next episode. But in terms of numerology, just to um, bring it back to what I've just told you with the two points, Richmond have forty-seven points, which is also the episode number that we're on. Wow! And it's the forty-seventh minute of the Manly Seagulls Parramatta game. So uh, there's something in that. Spooky. Okay. Thank you so much, Kit. Thank you, Mason. for listening, Nicholas. Yeah. You should shit on him. (laughs) He won't listen. He won't listen. All right. Uh, Thank you, Craig, also for recording and doing a great job. Um, Until next week. Good work. Good work. Good work.